back to the crossover podcast where we get comics pop culture and sports and it is comics time as we are talking the latest entrant and the final movie in phase three of the marvel cinematic universe spider-man colon far from home uh i'm your host as always matt pierce and uh joining me today is uh, kevin miller how's it going kevin not too bad uh they call me the night monkey the night monkey <laughs> the night monkey of the crossover podcast is here um yeah so we're, we're recording this pretty damn early i did not know that um, Spider-Man. I thought it was coming out. We're recording this on Thursday, July 4th. So uh, July 4th, obviously, Independence Day down there in the States. And uh, I thought it came out on the 4th, but uh, it turns out it came out a couple days early. So we've already seen it. And we are going to do our spoiler-heavy review. But by the time it's actually out, uh, it'll probably be the, the 7th or the 8th of of. July, so we'll wait till after the weekend as, to make sure everybody's had a chance to go see it because this is going to be a spoiler-heavy alert. So if you have not seen Spider-Man: Far From Home uh, yet, uh, turn it off now and then come back and listen to this after you've seen it. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. Here we go. Uh, thoughts? <laughs> uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about uh, about Spider-Man: Far From Home? There, Miller. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought that early on it suffered from pacing issues because I didn't know what the plot was yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, the only negative thing I had to say was kind of gone from my mind after the first forty-five minutes. Yeah. I, this this is what I thought walking out of it, and this is going to be kind of my overall arcing feel of this movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna paint with a very broad broad brush here and then uh, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty um this is this movie was kind of reverse suicide squad to me yes in in the sense of in, in the sense of and i know people anybody who's listening to this podcast has, has probably heard me make this comparison before and they're probably sick of hearing me saying it but again you got to treat every podcast like it's somebody's first the suicide squad movie the first 45 minutes is excellent and then the second they get on that plane to go do the Suicide Squad movie, this mo- that movie is fucked, and the rest is crap, and it's unwatchable, and it's so, like so poorly paced, and every other thing you can say bad about a movie, blah 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 blah. In my fan of Suicide Squad, <laughs> Slipknot never dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this one I would say is the reverse of that, where I found the first like forty-five to an hour going like. I was like, man, this is really bad. This is completely spastic, and I don't give a crap about anything that's going on, and they're jumping around from place to place, and it's all just nonsense happening on the screen, and then all of a sudden, Jake Gyllenhaal... <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, Jake Gyllenhaal's giving a insane, over-the-top bad guy monologue, oh, and yeah. then the third act is just incredible, and all of a sudden, we've, we've got a movie on our hands in, in, in the back half of the film, Miller. Yeah. It was a lot of, I mean, here's the thing, whether your your opinion of that first 45 minutes may vary, what I kind of saw was Nick Fury making a lot of questionable Nick Fury decisions. Yeah. Um, plot hole-worthy, ex- almost, and yeah. I mean, eventually I'll explain and we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, there was action intercut, like your classic Spider-Man, like Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. with Tobey Maguire, 
where it was a lot of like, oh, I just want to be a normal kid and I want to talk yeah. to MJ and I want to get the girl and have fun with my friends. But also, you know, I'm damned by all this cursed responsibility. Damn you, Uncle Ben. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, but it all seems so quick and like, you know, oh, we're going to be fighting these guys, these elementals, and they're so powerful. And if this happens, then they'll destroy the world. And here's a hologram of, of a, a, a second Earth being destroyed. And and they just beat them without real much, without very much of an issue. And, you know, you're waiting for the, the sort of mid-movie twist where, oh, we didn't actually defeat them. And now there's a bigger, stronger one we didn't know about or something. And then the movie just changes plots entirely um, with that speech. And uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the Mandarin done right. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I I mean, I, I really depending on how you feel about that type of twist, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. I I liked it because like, here's the thing: we all know Mysterio's a bad guy in the comic books, and we were expecting him to be a bad guy in in this as well. But then the trailer came out and. It's Spider-Man fighting alongside Mysterio, and they give us the thing where it's like Mysterio, because the trailer was was the the big way that they hooked everybody into this, right? With oh, maybe this isn't what we think it is, right? It's not just going to be a straight up Mysterio versus Spider-Man, yeah. romp, right? Well, there was the first trailer where it shows yeah. like him fighting the like Spider-Man fighting the elementals, and like the last shot of the trailer is uh, Mysterio shooting like the green smoke beams out of his hand. Yeah, and, and you're like, oh dang, it's Mysterio, he's the villain. And then the second trailer, the trailer is yeah. is like, oh, but they're friends. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> shaking hands with Mysterio and being like or sorry shaking hands with Spider-Man and being like I'm Mysterio and I'm from the other earth you know I'm from a different earth and whatnot and he's like yeah we're in the secret bunker with Nick Fury yeah we're in the and you know Nick Fury's there giving him you know saying bitch please and stuff and whatnot <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was quite you know it, it was quite the swerve I didn't buy it for a second but that's just my natural paranoid nature of, of just going like not falling for this right oh wait and see and then uh you know, we get to it, and then and then in the movie, it, and it really opened up. Like I honestly thought I walked into the wrong theater for a second because I forgot that like the Disney uh, logo. Oh, Disney logo, yeah. The Disney logo does not come up for the uh, for the Spider-Man movie. So like the Sony logo, like it's in Columbia Pictures or whatever, and then right. uh, and then all of a sudden we were in like a a desert in Mexico driving a truck, and I was like, oh crap. Am I in the wrong theater for half a second there, right? Is and this Sicario three? <laughs> yeah, is it something like that? I was like, God, am I like? I mean, I mean, it's not Toy Story four, but what else is out? Did I walk in the wrong theater? And then, luckily, <laughs> out of the thing jumped uh, Colby Smulders and Samuel L. Jackson. So I was like, Oh no, no, I'm good. And then, uh, <laughs> friggin' uh, Jake Gyllenhaal shows up as Mysterio, and they're fighting like a sand monster and stuff like that. And I was like, You know, I initially thought he was fighting the Sandman, right? And then yeah. later they were, you know, when they're fighting the water monster and they, uh, I'm thinking, oh, this is Hydro Man. And they, they actually name dropped Hydro Man when they, uh, when they were talking about, oh, I heard there was this guy who, who has, uh, who has water powers. And I was like, oh, that's Hydro Man. <laughs> and then they were just kind of like, uh, they, you know, they, they, they went on with it, but, uh, yeah, uh, I kept waiting for the swerve and I'm like, when is this swerve going to happen? Because even like in the first half of the movie, when, when Jake Gyllenhaal is playing like good guy, Quentin Beck, everything he says is so choreographed and over the top and like, and overacted to an obscene amount that I'm just like, 
this is a choice that's being made by Jake Gyllenhaal because he knows something that we don't know because, you know, he's um, acting in the yeah. movie. I'm like, Jake Gyllenhaal, you're better than this. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, he's so good that he's doing this on purpose is the thing, right? And then when yeah, it yeah. drops later, it's like, fucking brilliant. All right, now we can have a movie, right? There are, like, there are, there are a lot of reasons why I think this movie, more than I think probably anything in uh, the MCU, would uh, merit a good rewatch. Yeah. Uh, so, so you can pick up on all that stuff because it does very much feel like the, the first 45 minutes of the movie is like, oh, we're on this mission. And even in the course of the mission, it's like, well, we're having these sort of pep talks with the different adult figures that are trying to steer Peter one way or the other. And, yeah. and you know, it's very much like Mysterio being like, hey, don't talk to Nick Fury. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and like it's you know telling him everything he wants to hear and and you know you get to that that part in the movie where like wow we defeated the final elemental we saved the world and I'm like it's 45 minutes of this goddamn movie yeah, it's like... <laughs> so I'm like so the twist better be at this point not that oops we didn't actually and now we have to team up and fight an even bigger fire guy mm-hmm. it's got to be something a bit more <laughs> like interesting than that because it wasn't good enough a plot on its own yeah that it could have just been more of the same. So you're waiting for that twist, and and you know when it came, it was it was it was megalomaniacal and over the top, and and yeah, <laughs> just giving a speech in this bar yeah, to like so these guys the top, who were yeah. like background actors in other Marvel movies. That was brilliant, I thought too, when he was doing that whole thing. Like the way they the way they they brought it in, because it it really makes it it. it when they do little things like that in this, they really make this whole MCU fucking count, right? Like they feel like a world (laughs) thing count, right? Like it makes sense that like, you know, like, like, cause again, you know, the spoiler alert in this is that Quentin Beck, um, like this throwaway scene at the beginning of Avengers two, right. Or sorry, at the beginning of Avengers civil war, right. Or Captain America civil war. This throwaway scene where, uh, Tony Stark is, you know where they where, where they had CGI young uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know talking to his to his parents and stuff and saying like, hey, you know, here's my this holographic technology that I've uh, I've invented and stuff. And then in the background, it's like they're like they've added Jake Gyllenhaal, who's like, what the fuck? He didn't invent that. I invented this, and not only did I invent this, but he took my life's work and he nicknamed it Barf and stuff <laughs> like that. This is horseshit. What the fuck? And then these are like the, the small people who put in the work behind the scenes that gets stepped on that eventually are like enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is the, the guy, the guy who yeah. was a meme in 2008 with the Tony Stark built this in a cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With <laughs> like, a box of scraps. Right? Oh, he's yeah. back. Yeah, this and, guy. Yeah. And I they, still don't know his name and he was actually a character in this. One. Yeah. William was the kids. I only remember that because he kept going, William, can you uh, please uh, yeah, yeah. punch this up? Like he was like Jake, well, Gyllenhaal was playing director while they were like yeah, choreographing this fight scene. Yeah. Well, he's choreographing the fight scenes and he's like, well, can you just punch it up a little bit? Give me a little bit more. Yeah. Which is great. Cause like in, in I mean, they didn't mention this and obviously it wouldn't uh, make sense. Cause in this one, Quentin Beck's character is, uh, you know, just some genius holographic image drone creator guy like scientist drone creator guy in the comic books the original version of quentin beck is he's like a he's like a movie friggin like stunt coordinator sort of a thing like a guy who like creates explosions and stuff like that but 
you know, he's he's smart, but he works on movies. That's how he's you know he's got the the theatrics and whatnot. You know, acting, right? <laughs> acting. <laughs> right? So, so they put it they they built it into this, even though the character wasn't necessarily inherently. Um, involved in that sort of a thing because in this one he seems to be like an actual scientist that was uh i guess mentally unstable because they claim that he fired him but like that scene was as over the top and as ridiculous as he would as it was and again done on purpose because it's just fucking jake gyllenhaal monologuing for five minutes like, oh yeah classic bad guy monologue but uh, i was like the second that scene was going on i was like clapping my hands and stuff just just golf clapping to myself. Yeah, just reveling like, in it. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is this is what this is like the campy nonsense that I've come to love from these Marvel movies. Yeah, and yeah. And there's Jake Gyllenhaal just you know chewing the scenery and having the time of his life with this bottle of champagne in his hand, delivering this monologue. It was great. Well, and to have Peter like totally underestimate what that sort of power does too. Like uh, the, my favorite scene in the movie, I think, is when he goes to. Uh, Berlin to meet Nick Fury and the whole thing's a setup. Yeah. And it's just him in like this illusory um like uh it reminded me a lot of and I'm not familiar with uh Mysterio from the comics necessarily, but um it reminded me of the Superman animated with uh light. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Where it is very much like the I created this hologram and Absolutely. you're stuck in it and there's I'm controlling all of your surroundings and all of your sensory input and all yeah, that. That's basically light that episode is, is basically how Mysterio works. The difference is in the comic books, um, like I buy that this young Spider-Man, when Spider-Man gets a little bit older, it's kind of tough to like shake uh, him. Well, no, it's, it's when Spider-Man's a little bit older in the comic books, it's tougher to buy Mysterio. Like they've got to go really, really, really deep down with Mysterio because <laughs> it, it, it has to be like Mysterio has been running like the super drag on him, like the, oh, the yeah. really long con in order to make it work sort of a thing. And then, it's always like poof! It was Mysterio all along, and you go, "Oh shit!" Right? Like, yeah. Um, but when, the last when, three weeks in a in a, in a warehouse. <laughs> exactly. But like when it's young, yeah. But when it's when it's young Peter Parker, it's easy to see Mysterio getting the drop on him when he's this fifteen year old dude. And that I thought led to the best sequence in the entire film, which was the Mysterio uh, holographic battle where he traps Spider Man in in his own mind and whatnot with the with the images and and scared him with all the stuff and he wasn't sure what's real and then you think he's out of the one scene and then he, he he's out of the holograms and then turns out it's like no you're you just completely yeah yeah they have they show like move. they show like nick fury coming back and yeah. just capping him yeah <laughs> and you're like oh good he's fine and then like he just gets hit by a train <laughs> yeah and it was like oh man he fell for that whole thing right like the entire thing was it was an illusion yeah, yeah. Right? well that's why like the ending was so satisfactory i mean there's a huge fight scene i'm sure we're gonna talk more about it but at the end like he's like tries to pull the double bluff again yeah where's like oh i got shot by my own drones i'm definitely dying yeah <laughs> i mean a monologue but then like you know spider-man like just like reaches to the side yeah. and like stops him from capping him in the head because that was a fake mysterio and the real one standing up with a gun yeah <laughs> oh god it was it was it was that third act is really really strong like once the reins like come off of jake gyllenhaal the movie just fucking takes off i thought oh yeah. and then but like Getting there, and so, like, let's talk about some of the bad stuff. In my opinion, I think getting there was a little bit of a slog. And now this is me being a 35, uh, 35, 32-year-old 30, man. But, you know, I, I, I'm I not as into the high school type of stuff. But that's just me. 
I do think that these kids were doing a great acting job. I did enjoy all of the stuff that was uh, Jacob Italian and Ned Leeds, along with uh, the girl playing uh, Betty Brant. Betty which, Brant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, another uh, deep Spider-Man cut reference with Betty Brant and her on like the the fake like kids news feed, right? Uh, at yeah, the yeah. At the beginning, it, I, I love yeah, I love that beginning opening too. Like we need yeah. to explain like how we've adapted with the blip and we're gonna yeah. put a name on it and all that. that but also thing, yeah. like there's like the one kid who did the news, but they're in the in the previous. Uh, in the previous uh, movie in Spider-Man Homecoming, when he's now like, you know, five years old, he's like, this is bullshit. I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that was another thing that they added the element of. Um, so, so this was something that they changed with the snap and what they changed with the snap is everybody came back, but five years later, right? So five years have passed. So everybody's grown up to be five, you know, like so, everybody that wasn't snapped, or in this movie they gave it the, the name the blip, which I certainly hope that that doesn't catch on because I think that that's a really dumb name, um, the blip, uh, and you know, kind of makes light of the fact. That yeah, that's it's gonna be one of those things where yeah. it's just like you know, in the next movie they're gonna refer to it, but someone's gonna be like, what are they calling it? The blip? That's what high school was called. What's actually called is this? Yeah, like you know, we've been calling it on this podcast. We've been saying everybody got blinked, right? Which is, yeah. you know, uh sounds less like cartoony i think <laughs> they all got blinked uh or snapped a lot of people have just been using the snap right which makes yeah. sense but um but they, they do a little groundwork in this movie to sort of explain like how exactly. that's affecting Every the society, basic right? people who aren't superheroes so basically everybody so basically during those five years life kind of wasn't a thing right like everybody was trying to get like you know keep on keeping on but didn't necessarily do it and then when everybody came back after Tony Stark saved everybody at the end of Avengers Endgame, spoiler alert to that, but I assume you've already seen it if you uh, if, if you're you're watching this. Um, but the way they set it up is basically okay. The five years that everybody was gone, we're just gonna ignore that, and everybody's gonna put you know get, we're we're gonna continue on with our lives as if those five years basically didn't exist. So you get yeah yeah, like, and when and when you see it in uh, Avengers Endgame, you're like, oh cool, they're back, and you don't think about it because they're all adults anyway. Yeah, but, you <laughs> but see when it, they it, show like it in, in the high school, it's just like, oh, this is yeah, the difference yeah. between being 15 and being 20. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> so basically, these kids are like, you know, they're in high school, so presumably they're like 12 and 13, but. Because some of the kids are a little bit older, right? They, yeah. they basically are, like, pretending they're still 13, I guess, but they're really, like, 18, but they've got to go back to high school uh, because during those five years, obviously, there was no school going on, right? Yeah, so, yeah, things were more about survival. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So it, it was – so you get this this weird stuff where, like uh, – there, there's like uh what was it like the hot asian guy zach or whatever i think or, or whatever his name was uh was like he yeah. was like the nerdy asian kid who used to like they, they say something like oh man you can believe like ned has this thing where they're like oh can you believe that thing before we got blinked he was the you know nerdy kid who was always playing his nintendo and now like all the girls want him right because yeah, he's yeah. this super attractive dude who's 18 <laughs> he got ripped now, right? he got super ripped over the <laughs> over the uh while we were not existing break. yeah while we were not existent right so it was just like 
It was it was kind of strange, but like well, we, I, I like that uh, that it had like uh, Aunt May and she was like holding yeah. a fundraiser for everyone who was now homeless because other people had moved into their apartments since they got evaporated. Is that what that was? <laughs> wow, I didn't even pick up yeah. on that. I, I the whole just... thing was that like she when she came back because she got she got uh, blipped too. I guess we'll say yeah. Um, so she said when I came back, I was in my apartment, but so were the people who had owned it since me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, like I. Had... So she she was like technically homeless at that point. So she's like holding a fundraiser to sort of raise money for people who were now displaced because of it. Oh wow, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did laugh at this because she tells the story where she, yeah, she did tell the story where she was like, so when I got unblipped, I woke up in this room, this apartment with two people, and these guys. She thought I was his mistress or something like. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? And then I was like, oh damn, <laughs> like, like what a situation that would be, right? But it was like yeah. I did. I didn't pick up on the fact that it, it, that that's what it was. So that's that's. Pretty I cool. like the I video like too. Oh yeah. god. The, the one of the, the kids doing their news report, and it shows, like, the basketball game, and half the players just vanished. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, this half second of, like, every time I see someone dusted like that, it just yeah. is heart-wrenching to me, even though I have no idea who these kids are. Yeah. But then, like, half a second later, and five years later, they came back, and, like, all these band members just appear in the middle of the floor. In the middle of the basketball game, and they get, like, knocked over. Just yeah. running into each other. Some dude's trombone goes flying. Yeah, it was, that was great. Um, yeah, I just... When they're going on the actual trip and stuff, it just it just felt really 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 spastic and, and upbeat, and there was too much going on, and it was like, okay, we need to establish like here here's Peter Parker, here's what he he likes Mary Jane, and this is going on, and then blah blah, blah, blah and then yeah, and he wants to do this, but there's this guy, and then uh, the, the the new Asian kid's kind of in his way for the girl, classic like three way like two guys going after the same girl thing, blah, but then, well yeah, like, but also complicated yeah. by the fact that you know every time Spider-Man, he tries to yeah. do something to get close to her, he's he's sidelined by uh, Shield and so and, on. And being Spider Man, which make like that's just classic Spider Man stuff, which is well, exactly, and then yep. that's why I thought I'm like, is this just gonna be like a rehash of Spider Man too? Because yes. it's the same plot where it's like, oh god, this responsibility, but also uh, I want to well, have yeah, uh, love even, life and so on. Yeah, it's not even a rehash of Spider Man too. That's a rehash of every Spider-Man comic that's ever been well, written. Well, for sure, for sure. But I mean, like in terms yeah. of like, yeah. in terms of like the movies, that's the one where he's like, "I'm going to quit being Spider-Man because I want to have a, a life of my own," and so on. Yeah, this one he didn't do that, right? Like at no point was he like, "I'm going to stop being Spider-Man," but but he just kept saying like, "I want to just not be Spider-Man." <laughs> Like, they, they, he played at it. It was more yeah. like the I'm gonna quit until Nick Fury's like the hell you are. <laughs> yeah, well he didn't. He never. I don't think he said quit. Right? Like he just was like I just no. wish I could take like a month off, just a month, right? Just be normal for like a month. Maybe get myself a girlfriend, and then I'll start being Spider Man again. And it's like, right. well, yeah, you can't do that. That's not how Spider Man works. And that's Spider Man's always been the character where the conduit is. Here's what sucks when you're a superhero, right? Like, yeah. like here's the thing that sucks. It's like, can you have a girlfriend? Probably not, right? Because for a variety of reasons. One, you've always got to abandon her to go help people. Uh, two, if they ever figure out who you are, they'll go after her to get after you and stuff like that. But, it, yeah, it's, it's always been like Spider-Man is the guy who explains to you. That's why when he's a teenager and yeah. you're a teenager in real life, I think the most identifiable person in, uh, I think the most identifiable superhero is Spider-Man. And I felt the same way because growing up, you know, from ages like 9 to 16, 17, he was the most relatable superhero and was... Yeah, and I, I, right? I think that was the pitch for Spider-Man, honestly, too. Because yeah. I think he was very much like that. Well, you got your Captain America and, and characters like that, where it's like, yeah, they're great and stuff, but like the people reading these comics are teenagers. 
Yeah, for the most and, part. And yeah. why not give them a character who's going through the same stuff they're going through, but is also a superhero? Here are all the problems of puberty. Like, Spider- yeah. like oh man, Spider-Man's got acne well, just like uh, me, and Spider-Man can't get the girl just like me, right? Yeah. And it's sort of the the um, the thesis that's at like the emotional core of both of these Spider-Man movies, where like uh, Homecoming was a lot of like you're just a kid and you're not ready to take on the, the big stuff that adults are ready to take on. And even Michael Keaton's like, listen, kid, I know you're Spider-Man, but I'm going to let you go because you're just a kid <laughs> and there's no way you're going to take me down, but I'm going to be super threatening and so on. Exactly. Like that's sort of like the thing there where he's at his lowest when he realizes he's out of his depth. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, when he realizes that he can rise to the occasion is when he has his big heroic conclusion in that movie. And this one is more of a, him having to rise to the expectations yeah. uh, that these adult figures are putting onto him where, you know, Happy's hounding him to talk to Nick Fury and Nick Fury's being like, he got to do this mission and Quentin's telling him everything he wants to hear. And yeah. he puts his trust in him implicitly because he's just a kid and yeah. doesn't know any better. And, and he's saying like, Hey, you know what? Like he was, he was hesitant. He's like, "Oh, you, you don't want to give me the glasses, do you?" Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. But it was very much like the, "What do you want to do?" Like, man, they don't look good on you. What do you want to do? Oh, you want to go be with the girl, don't you? <laughs> like, yeah. Like he was, it's just, it's you know, everyone's manipulating this kid, whether it's for good or evil. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's what it's about, and he has to sort of come to the point where it's like, no, I'm not going to be the guy wearing the the Iron Spider suit that Mr. Stark made for me. I'm not going to be the guy wearing the the Night Monkey suit that Nick that Nick Cage that Nick uh, Fury made for me. Yeah, or he's even, like, even at the end, like the suit that he makes himself is the one that is like, wow, cool. He's doing it for himself now. Like yeah. that's that was that's a big the, moment. Yeah. I, that was a good moment too. Like that was that was a good. Well, I, I wanted to mention two good moments. One was you brought up the Jake Gyllenhaal bar scene earlier, which I gave me my favorite. My favorite line in the entire movie is after he gives uh, Quentin Beck the glasses, yeah. uh, you know, and he goes to leave. He's like, he's like, thanks, Mister Beck. I'm gonna go try to get my girl or whatever. And then he goes, yeah, good luck, kid. I'll give you a fifty-fifty shot. You're kind of awkward. Still <laughs> <Right>? pretty awkward. It's <laughs> still pretty awkward. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, that is a good real line right there. And then the other one is. John Favreau's look when he sees uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man like fucking with the the impossible uh, hologram like Tony Stark holograms right yeah. to build his new Spider-Man suit and then he looks over just as like this you know like approving like just as like the father yeah, yeah. looks at his he son. does he does the same thing where he like yeah. reaches into the hologram and puts on the gauntlet or the web slinger yeah same and, way that Iron Man did with his hologram back in the day yeah and he's just like <laughs> you know. Right Puts on, on the ACDC. Yeah. yeah, and then he hits the ACD. He's like, I love Led Zeppelin. Oh. Like, yeah. That was an insult to both Led Zeppelin and, uh, well, actually, really just Led Zeppelin because ACDC's trash. Uh, but uh, that's a whole other podcast. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I would just say that it was just very spastic in the first in the first uh, 45 minutes to an hour, I would say. Um, and it was, but it was in service of trying to lull us into thinking it was a different plot, which exactly. I think, I yeah. mean, it worked on me. Yeah, um, I, I think and I, whether, and I don't, yeah. I don't think it's bad because of that. I think no, that no, it, no, no, it no. did what it was trying to do. I just think this movie would be like, I think I'm going to have it as like a seven, five, eight, but I do think, I do think that this one is going to age really, really well. Yeah. I, I do think on, in second watch when we know, when we see, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal overacting on purpose and stuff like that was all was all you know servicing the like in service of the the third act of the movie, which yeah. I, was was just tremendous. But 
you know, the pacing was a little off in the beginning, which didn't help, and, and it was spastic. And I, I, I stand by my, my <laughs> that my it, this is reverse Suicide Squad in terms of what parts you like. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I, I'm, you know, I'm more willing to give this movie a little bit of leeway because it is the 20th whatever. Uh, yeah. Because it is the 20 XD whatever of uh, <laughs> entrant of the MCU <laughs> as opposed to we're trying to do a, a one-off Suicide a Squad. Single movie, Suicide right? Squad. <laughs> Which is supposed to be part of a larger universe that we're never going to actualize. Um, I guess we can get into some of the performances. Tom Holland was great. Sam Jackson. Jake Gyllenhaal was, was just excellent. Although I question again. Now that said... They can, it's Mysterio, they can easily use some bullshitty explanation to, to hand wave it, but why the fuck did they kill him at the end of the movie, Miller? I don't I... get this. And they're building to the Sinister Six, too. Now, again, it's Mysterio, it can, they can throw it away with, with, with bullshit, not, like, with, with, with some sort of bullshitty comic book explanation that he's not really dead, it was all an illusion! And I hope to God they do that, because... Like I, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah, they could, and then yeah. I honestly kind of expected to see something like that in yeah. the first post-credit scene that we got. Yeah, because you remember where, like, you know, like you know, there's the video of him, like you know. Well, we can talk about this now. Yeah. Uh, there's the post-credit scene where uh, you know it, it finishes where the movie finished, and it's uh, uh, Spider-Man the... and MJ. They're swinging through the city, and they land. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just going to interrupt you just real quick, Miller, and then you can continue. With all due respect, uh-huh. the greatest post-credit scene in the history of the, of the <laughs> MCU. I'm sorry. Yeah, with as much as the movie went bananas and had a huge twist yeah. in it, those end-credit scenes were just banana pants. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry. With, with all due respect to Thor's hammer at the end of uh, Captain America or whatever... With all due respect to... Iron Man 2? <laughs> Sp- uh, oh, yeah, it was Iron Man 2, right? Sorry. With all due respect to uh, just uh, Sam, uh, Sam Jackson coming out of the thing, saying we're, we're going to create the event, coming out of the shadow, saying I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. You know, with all due respect to uh, that, like, Captain Marvel tease at the end of uh, Infinity War, <laughs> the single greatest... <laughs> mid credit scene in, in in the MCU's history. Continue. Yeah, so it cuts to a news reel by the dailybugle.net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, J.K. Simmons reprising his 20-year-old role as yeah. J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> as an Alex Jones-type InfoWar guy. <laughs> yeah, which, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Behind a microphone, like, he's recording a podcast, too. Like, just doing live podcasting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally, for the era, fake news, InfoWars bullshit. <laughs> so fuck it. And they did that in the video game, too, by the way. Um, they, yeah. Like, they, they, from the latest, uh, the Spider-Man PS4 video game, which was fucking brilliant. Which, honestly, when Spider-Man was doing his little suit-building thing that we talked about, um, yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to build that suit from the video game, because that, oh. that suit is well, hella popular right now amongst fanboys and girls. Yeah, I've actually I've actually heard that uh, PS4 now, like, that game is getting a patch to put in every suit that was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a few of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, oh, they went to all the... They went deep cut on all the skins in that game. That was the last video game I was able to play through before my uh, baby girl was born and have uh, yet to pick up a video game since then. But, uh, 
you know, that life gets in the way. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, just that – How? what was the crowd reaction in the theater when you saw – because you went opening day, so you were probably there with all of the hardcore mm. fanboys and girls. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was was a lot of it – was, it was halfway between just joy and laughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was – to me, it was the most visceral um, – uh, moment I've ever seen in the end credit because the end credit scenes are when they really they hit you with the thing and there was plenty of uh... usually there's an end credit scene that's like a joke and then another one that's like a gut punch yeah. well, 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 we I've always joked that um, they're either Thanos or shawarma right Cause, yeah because uh, I think Avengers was the first one where they did two right like the end of the Avengers was the first one where they ever did two end credit scenes I think so and yeah the one was uh, the mid there was the mid credit scene where they tease Thanos. They, they just show Thanos turn and smile at the camera, and you're like, oh, crap, Thanos is coming. And then the end scene was they just destroyed New York, and all of the Avengers are sh- sitting in a shawarma place, and nobody's saying anything. They're all just chowing down while a guy slowly dusts. <laughs> you know, he's got the big push broom out, and he's, like, push brooming his destroyed shawarma restaurant. Right? Yeah. Like, um so yeah so you you know and this one wasn't this was delightfully both it somehow combined both shawarma and thanos because j well, jonah on both jameson, of them too yeah because j jonah jameson is there but like the the loudest response um i would say since i went to see guardians of the galaxy and guardians of the galaxy had the the howard the duck Oh, yeah. at the end like that those are the two loudest responses for the theaters that i've been in to be honest now how are the ducks was people more going oh i can't yeah. believe they did that where i was sitting there going Woo! how could you hate that that was a great what a deep cut reference yeah yeah howard i the duck, get that baby, reaction but... for howard the duck because it was such a deep cut but this one the theater <laughs> i was in the j jonah jameson like like when yeah. it, it bleeped up and it was jk simmons it might as well have been wrestling miller like they might as well have had the stone cold steve austin like glass shattering and then burn out but <laughs> Like that was the type of response it got in the theater I was in, and I got I gotta believe that that was the that that will be. Bum, ba, da, ba. Yeah, it's like John Cena theme hitting. <laughs> Although uh, you know Cena's, uh, but whatever, that's a whole other podcast. That we'll, we'll discuss that with Mac one day. But um, it, it was just it, it was it was honestly like wrestling for two seconds in the theater. It was it was. Oh, so I, I had half a second to react because like there was the other newscaster who has been in the MCU before, but he he just like called to like this clip from the Daily Bugle dot net, and I'm like, excuse me. Yeah, right. <laughs> half yeah. a second to, re- to react before I heard that you know familiar like you know, <laughs> Jonah Jameson. Huh? Yeah, and it was so brilliant because he did the whole thing where he's like, here you have it, Mysterio, the true hero of London, <laughs> right? Like. Who, who really saved anybody? Yeah, so that that could have been the tease that that he's still alive, that Mysterio's still alive, because he would have had that clip still and been able to manipulate it and stuff. And I really hope they did. Well, it's, that that's what I was wondering. I'm like, yeah. is this actually like a J. Jonah? Is it actually J. Jonah Jameson? First of all, yeah. And like, then when I was saying like, it would have been easy to have him be alive at the end and just like you know literally sidle up to like Spider Man on the street there and be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> I mean, like. This is the thing. When we were doing Phase One, what was the biggest complaint of Phase One um, that wasn't the like? Uh, I, I mean, the, the, I would say the biggest complaint besides the like incredible, like the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk, right? Like the, the biggest complaint was the villains. Well, actually, I, I would say for Phases One and Two, right? We're just that yeah, the villains yeah. were pretty subpar and generic, with the exception of Tom Hiddleston as Loki, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which is why Thor was tolerable, right? Because Thor is is, you know, like it's about a variety space god. Thor was was kind of he was not a super popular guy, but we all we all liked him. Nobody was ever like, oh man, Thor's trash. Well, right? Yeah, like, he's a likable fish on a water story. Fish on a water story. But the thing that really drove that movie that really made that first one from back in like 2011, for God's sake, yeah. work was. They had an actual honest to goodness villain that drove the plot of that movie. You know the brothers that that are split, the adopted brother that's trying to prove that he's better than the actual yeah, son. Decided yeah. blah blah blah. Uh, well, that, that was the first. That was the first thing we had to compare against because who was a villain before yeah. that? We had Obadiah Stane who wanted to murder everybody. Who was and and was fine because we we all friggin' love uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff yeah. Bridges, right? And he was he was great. Probably well, he, he's, he's an imposing guy, right? I, yeah. I'll still say this about the first Iron Man movie. Whenever Jeff Bridges like sidles out to someone and menacingly puts his arm around their shoulders, yeah. like, you feel it. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, the man's uh, tremendous. But then following that, what do we have? We had uh, uh, what, Tim Roth. <laughs> Tim Roth, who everybody considers that the worst villain in the MCU, which uh, you and I will fight back against that but but yeah uh, don't we don't need to get into that and then there was and then uh mickey rourke, mickey rourke who could have been great but they they biffed that a little bit not mickey well rourke. and i mean the true oh, villain of that movie i would consider to be better than mickey rourke which was uh sam rockwell, sam rockwell right yeah <laughs> just and, not his douchiest <laughs> exactly and then we got to loki and then like it, there were just all these really one-dimensional villains and then all of a sudden we get to you know phase three and we've we've just got Michael Keaton. We've yeah. got uh, just we you know we get Michael Keaton. We get but it just it, it gets all the way up to we we get some good guys, but it it, it all, all of it culminating with Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger, right? We're, we're just like yeah yeah. I was Jesus, just say we get it's Killmonger. B. We yeah. get the Vulture. We get uh, Marvel. Marvel or, was no, well, not. Uh, Jude Law's character, whose yeah, name I forget now. <laughs> yeah, Jude Law. Yeah, Marv or not? Yeah, not Marvel. Sorry. Yeah, Jude, Jude Law's character, whatever. But like, but Zemo, all... I liked. I mean, not, not yeah, people will disagree on that, but I like Zemo. Yeah, Zemo was good. Um, and and like Winter Soldier, right? Like, and initially Sebastian Shaw starts off as a bad guy there, kind of sort of. Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Shaw's a. Sebastian Shaw, sorry. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Shaw's an actual Marvel character. Sorry, Sebastian Stan. You're right. Although, yeah, that's. Not out of left field mistake, but whatever. Still well, the Winter Soldier was full of them, right? Winter Soldier yeah. had Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Yeah. It had Toby Jones, I believe, as as Modoc of all goddamn people. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, Robert Redford. Fucking Robert Redford? Are you shitting me? Right, like multiple Oscar winner Robert Redford. Robert oh, goddamn yeah. Redford. Like, well, what are we talking is, about here? And then, this was the fun part because uh, my my girlfriend yeah. and I we recently rewatched all of the uh, Marvel movies because we saw Endgame and she realized that she hadn't seen more than half of them. Yeah. So, so we saw like, there's like that Endgame flashback when they're in like 2012 post Avengers and Robert yeah. Redford's there. She's like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Back exactly. the hell up. Yeah, and it, but it's just like we've had all these guys, but the thing that they keep doing. So like everybody's complaint is in the first few seasons is oh you know one dimensional villains they should be doing more with the villains and now they've started doing so much more with the villains but they keep killing them off and it's like what are you doing right? yeah. <laughs> you can bring these guys back like you, you kill some of them yes not all of them what are you doing right well yeah and what i thought was interesting is absolutely no payoff from the easter egg like the post-credit scene from the first uh <laughs> spider-man 
where like uh, yeah, Mike, right. he was talking to the scorpion in prison. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was talking to. Oh God, that really good. He's in Better Call Saul, and he's excellent in Better Call Saul as as Nacho too. So yeah, I mean, obviously you and because they're setting up with that little thing, the Sinister Six, right? The Sinister and then Six. Yeah. There's a member of the Sinister Six right there, Quentin Beck, Jake Gyllenhaal, turning in just a deliciously over-the-top scene-chewing performance, which is perfect because that's what the character calls for. He's fucking yep. Quentin Beck, fake actor guy. And it's just like, at the end of the movie, they 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 do kill him off. And I was just like, why? <laughs> right? like, that was the most disappointing part of the movie to me. But again, hopefully, knock on wood, that some sort of bullshit, like, he's not really dead, and we're going to make up some comic book nonsense to bring him back. Because, yeah, it was the triple fake it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's just... It would just make so much sense. Um, other than Jake Gyllenhaal, Zendaya. Yep. This film just owning every scene that she's in. Like this girl is like has it. You know, like she's, she's got that charisma. She, she just appears on screen, and that's the only thing you can see anymore. <laughs> it like you wouldn't believe. Like this girl's gonna be around for a long time, is what I'm saying. She's got that like. Um, like she's just she's she's got that show Euphoria right now that's killing it on on HBO, and you know she's doing this. She's appearing in like a bunch of, you know, she's tacked on to be like in the in a bunch of like like really good indie films and stuff that's coming on. This girl's right, gonna yeah. win an Oscar before you and I are dead. Is is oh yeah, easily we're gonna say right like 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 that like that. She is incredible, and I really like this version of of MJ that they're doing where she's just like, um. You know, just like gothic kind of teenager. Yeah, sort she's of she's she's teen yeah. April Ludgate. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's a good way. Of, that's a good way of putting it. Where she, yeah, she's just this like, ooh, you are dark, right? And, yeah. And everything that and everything that she says is just, yeah. I I big fan, big fan. I I like that. I thought they were great in like, you know, the teen, the the awkward. Those scenes were really good with the with the awkward teen romance, like when they at the. And when she finds out he's, um, he is like Peter Parker is Spider-Man and then they do the kiss thing, but they do the awkward, like teenager peck thing yeah, yeah. where they're like, Oh yeah. And then they go the, back in. The music the swells. They like peck twice. And they it's peck over. twice. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it was like. <laughs> right? Oh, that's pretty much accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Oh man. Um, yeah, really, really good. Uh, JB smooth. I just, was he in the first one? I don't think so, no. I don't think he was, but I, like, I mean, you could completely remove him from this movie and you would lose nothing other than the fact that you wouldn't have a super cool movie with, with uh, J.B. Smoove, right? Yeah. So, like, that's exactly why you bring him in, but, uh, yeah. I, uh, the, the first line, just, yeah. <laughs> you want the first shift or second shift, third shift, I'm taking an ambient. Yeah, I already took an ambient. Him and Martin Starr. <laughs> Like Martin Starr, who's like the secret star of this movie, I would say, no pun intended. There, yeah. But like, just honestly, so put upon. <laughs> quietly steals the movie, I think, right? Like shoulder to shoulder with Jake Gyllenhaal's over the top scene, chewy performance. I'd say Martin Starr is the just like the completely anxiety ridden teenage uh, like uh, teacher who's just trying his damnedest to make this the best experience <laughs> for these kids, right? <laughs> it's just like. Oh god, I thought he was so damn funny. Um, oh man, really enjoyed it. Um, 
We'll talk about our last twist. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about, uh, I guess it would be the second NC. Have we missed anything before we mention that? I mean, it kind of sucked that they threw away the multiverse. Perhaps it will make an appearance. I don't think so in the MCU based on the fact that they were just kind of like, that was a great moment though. Like I liked it as a tease. It was yeah. a very plausible throwaway thing that they did, that there, which is another great line in the movie because he says like you know like when he's initially trying to fool everybody and he goes, you know like I'm from Earth like this is Earth six one six you know yeah obviously in reference right deep into the comics and yeah. then he goes I'm from Earth eight three four or something like that and they destroyed my man and then later when he's doing his bad guy speech and he goes like and to Joe who came up with this insane plot about the multiverse which apparently is just crap people will believe anyway these days <laughs> yeah 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 like, I was like yeah, yeah there he, uh, all right all right all right yeah. but you, you mentioned earlier that there were these off-brand Nick Fury moments uh yeah throughout the uh throughout the movie because where... it's like okay well he comes with this cock and bull story about like and I, yeah. I know that shield isn't what it used to be and so on yeah. but come up with this story of like you know oh i'm from another universe and night <laughs> like there's just so many loose ends it's like nick 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 Fury didn't like research this at all <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't he, he didn't really put it through anything or 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 any of that stuff right but uh in the end, it turns out that it wasn't actually... Like, these are human adult. people from this planet that you can look at. Like, Quentin, he wasn't even using a fake name as far as I know. No, he wasn't. Like, like yeah, he said like, he was Quentin Beck from... Yeah, they could have Googled him and they would have... Yeah, been like, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was fired. I could do from, that. <laughs> yeah, in their world, you could have Googled Quentin Beck and you would have found out he was a dude who was fired by... Yeah. Uh, dismissed Stark, in disgrace. Right? Yeah, dismissed in disgrace from Stark Industries. And he was a creator of, like, holographic technology. <laughs> like, he, he created this super holographic technology, right? And you'd have been like, yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> huh? You don't say. Yeah, put right? a red flag on that. <laughs> but then it turns out that it wasn't actually Nick Fury or Maria Hill. It was Talos and Sora and the Skrulls who we met in Captain America, masquerading as them because Nick Fury and Maria Hill are up in space with the rest of the Skrulls doing something. Something. <laughs> yeah, just up to something, right? So that was uh, kind of a. I'm just. I'm interested to see where they go forward like it, it it definitely seems like the next like phase four yeah. uh might be very space heavy miller beyond earth yeah yeah might be very space heavy uh it seems like, that way because we're definitely getting another captain marvel movie um yeah. thor and the guardians the guardians of the galaxy three yeah it's gonna As- be the as guardians of the galaxy as guardians of the galaxy exactly right <laughs> gonna yeah. be up in that space area um yeah. like, you know and we're gonna get a nice uh, down home movie because I think the next because this is not the next movie is not the movie that kicks off Phase Four the Black Widow movie. I think so. so we're gonna get. Yeah, I, so I don't gonna... think that. I think that it's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I want to say it's at the end of this month is D twenty three. Okay. Where uh, like you know Disney's like their expo and I think that, that's, that's where Marvel big... typically lays out like here's what our plan is for the yeah, next few that's years. That's their big San Diego Comic Con type thing. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Where it's like, yeah. well, here's our expo. We're gonna basically say like you know this movie in 2020, this movie in 2021, and all the way up to like 2024 or something like that. And they've they've, they've sort of plotted stuff out uh, like that up to I think Avengers four. Yeah. But we, then they slotted in afterwards, like because they had announced Civil War and mm-hmm. that um, 
Black Panther and Spider-Man were going to be in it before that they officially announced a Black Panther and Spider-Man movie, which is why Phase 3 seems so fucking long. <laughs> and also, in November, we're getting uh, DC's street, or DC, Disney's streaming app, and uh, we're going to get two series that connected that actually connected the MCU, unlike uh, you know Jessica Jones and Company, which I do want to spend a couple seconds talking about Jessica Jones at the end of this. Uh-huh. But, um... Uh, we're going to get the Loki show and the, uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon. Fal- and Falcon show, uh, which, you know, you assume will connect and most likely build on the MCU as well. So, I'm so I guess those so. are, so I guess those are technically the, the next entrance into the, into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we know movie wise going forward, we're getting as guardians of the galaxy. We're getting black widow. We're getting black Panther two. And, uh, but yeah, it's kind of weird that it's July again, though. We're getting the shows in November, so we're not, we're getting the TV shows dropped on us in November on the Disney app. So we're not, uh, you know, we're, we're not lacking the MCU, uh, for the rest of, uh, 2019, even though it's July and there's no more movies. Uh, it it just seems like they, they're doing this, um, much more rapid fire than they used to. Like they started doing three movies a year, I think back in 2016, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, now they're scaling it back a little bit. Smart move. Well, no, they're still doing three movies a year, but they're releasing them all within four months, and then you yeah. have eight months till the next movie. That's true, yeah. Like, because I think in 2016, I think it was like March that we had uh, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think July. No, I, got, I got it right here. 2016, they did Civil War and Doctor Strange. They did Civil War in May and Doctor Strange. And I think you're thinking of 2017, Miller. 2017. Okay. Yeah, I am. They, did, they did Guardians 2 in, yeah. uh, in May, uh, Spider Man Homecoming in July, and then Thor Ragnarok in November. Right. And, and but I mean, like, there again. was never more than like five yeah. months between movies. True. Yeah. Then they did three again in 2018 and three again in 2019. Yeah, and there's a yeah. lot to be said for going for the power of the summer blockbuster. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if you have a big one that you know is going to do great anyway, why not have it in, like, December, November? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and and we know it's it's going to be – people are in the bag for this, right? There's no superhero yeah. fatigue when it comes to the MCU, this movie, we don't. That's 100 percent right. It's not like, oh, you're like Avengers is coming out in in the fall. Well, I'm not going to see it then. <laughs> yeah. You know, only if it's in May. Uh, what was what's your overall grade for uh for home uh not Homecoming? Sorry, Spider-Man: Far From Home. It's hard to say. You're right because I think that I I really liked it because of its strong like second and third acts. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think that the first act is a little slow, but I think that because we now know that that was in service to the twists, yeah. um, and that's where we're going to also see like some of like that Nick Fury bullshit on rewatches. Mm-hmm. Like, if you would have asked me halfway through the movie, I would have said like this is like a weird like six movie. <laughs> yeah, like this, I expect better from the MCU than yeah. this. But like now, having seen the whole thing, it's like I think if I watch this again. Like I want, I'm gonna say eight for now. Yeah. Uh, if I rewatch it again, I could see myself easily giving it an eight point five or a nine for all the stuff that I didn't catch the first time around. That is like those little Easter eggs that now that you know what the truth is. I'm right around the same spot. I think I'm at like a seven five with a really good chance to go up because I think I think it's weird to say because I think Homecoming has not aged as well as 
I thought it would, and I think Far From Home is going to go the opposite way, where we're going to rewatch it and be like, "Fucking Jake Gyllenhaal, man, so awesome, so awesome!" Right? Like, I, th- I think, I think that's, I think that's what we're going to do. I, I would, I would stand behind Homecoming. I think it's yeah. aged okay. Oh yeah, I'm not, you know what? Uh, and I, I, a large part of that is owing to the charisma of yeah. of Michael Keaton. True, because he's just a tremendous villain for someone who does have that intimidation over the main character where it's like, you know, take away all the superhero stuff. He's just an intimidating adult man. Yeah, and I haven't <laughs> and I haven't rewatched <laughs> Yeah, I haven't rewatched Homecoming yet. So you know what, after we're done this podcast, I think I'm gonna flip on Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> Give that a rewatch. Um yeah, I'm I'm at like a seven five. Great move. It, like it's it's fun. It's worth your it's worth your ten bucks. Jake Gyllenhaal just Excellent. I mean, it's not the best entrant. When when it's all said and done, Spider-Man Far From Home is probably going to be somewhere in the middle, maybe towards the the bottom half of the middle, uh, with a chance to. Uh, move it's up. so hard to say now. It's yeah. so hard to say. With a chance to that move would be, up. Because like there are what maybe one or two movies yeah. in the entirety of the MCU yeah. that are like less than a six. <laughs> well, we got a bit of a time here, and now that Phase Three is done, one of the podcasts we will do this summer. Um, uh, I'm going to try to get all of us together and we're going to try to come up with our definitive ranking for uh, for all of the movies in the MCU, probably. Yep, we'll bust out the spreadsheets. We'll bust out the spreadsheet and, and, and try to figure that out. Um, I promised we wouldn't do it on this podcast, but I do briefly want to talk about Jessica Jones before we get out of here. Did you wa- bother watching it all, Miller? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, me neither. After, I, a, after a rough second season, you promised that we were not going to watch it for the yeah, podcast, and no. I decided to pocket those 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't watch it. I read the synopsis, though. Um, I got to tell you, the synopsis didn't um, make me want to watch it at all. But I do think that they made the smart decision. Again, I guess spoiler alert if you haven't seen Jessica Jones season three, because I spoiled it for myself by just reading everything. Um, they made the Trish Walker, the Hellcat character. They made her the bad guy in the end. Yeah. And Jessica Jones has to take her down and, and arrest her at the end of the season, which I thought was a smart move. I got to say in terms of the way we were writing it, because one of the biggest flaws that you and I had with and I just wanted to get this off my chest was one of the biggest flaws that you and I had with season two was this weird notion that the way they were playing Trish Walker was as if she was some sort of sympathetic hero when in (laughs) practicality she was a complete asshole and I was like why would I root for this person (laughs) whatsoever who is just this horrible woman who is just kidnapping and murdering people in service of getting powers so that she can be like oh once i get powers i'll be a superhero and then i can save people and it's like well you're not going about it the way a actual hero would do things and then they actually built that in season three so i gotta commend them for that because she ends up being this horrible murderer type murdering type uh which is completely off brand for the hellcat character (laughs) i i heard that it was better than season two but i mean that's that's damning with fame price season two was the worst see there there was no way like they somehow made a season that was worse than the first iron fist season right like and and it was like yeah we we discussed on the podcast because at least at least the first iron man had that one cool fight scene (laughs) yeah exactly right but 
could hang your hat on. That you could hang your hat on. I mean, it was 13 hours of garbage, but there was the one f- cool, albeit... Four-minute fight sequence. Yeah, four-minute fight sequence in, like, episode six, where he, the, he fought the drunken drunken boxer, and even though it was clear that it wasn't Kit Harrington or not Kit Harrington, sorry, Jesus Christ, uh... <laughs> Sorry, Kit Harrington, didn't mean to disrespect you like that. Uh, but the other guy from <laughs> Game of Thrones, God, what's his name? Help me out here, Miller. Uh, Finn Jones. <laughs> Finn Jones, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, Loris Tyrell. Um, I'm just completely out of Game of Thrones shape uh, <laughs> since it's been done. Uh, since it's been gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I went there. Uh, yeah, it just. Uh, yeah, there's that one fight scene that you could hang your hat on. There's nothing in, in Jessica Jones season two worth watching. It, it was it was a trash waste of 13 hours of my life that I can never get back. But I managed to get it back by not watching season three. But I, I did want to give them at least a, a slow, like, you know, pat on the shoulder golf clap for the writers who wrote that they were like, Fuck it, let's just make her the bad guy because she's been this horrible. Because like my 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 concern with Jessica Jones season three Miller and one of the reasons I didn't want to fucking watch it was I thought that they were gonna try to force it where redeem her. <laughs> yeah, they were gonna try to redeem her and make her the hero sort of a thing, and instead they went the other way. And I when I was reading that, like, and I was just reading all the episodes episode synopses on. Uh, wikipedia and as i was reading it, i was going oh that's a good decision <laughs> right like that was yeah yeah, yeah that was well you're worried that i'm gonna do what yeah. they did with like uh defenders yeah. where it's like oh you've got a cool and interesting villain nope it's electra again <laughs> yeah exactly or or yeah or just like yeah or it just they were gonna try to be like no 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 she's actually a good person and now she's fighting crime and stuff and i'm like well what about all those people she kidnapped and murdered Right? What about those people? Just gonna sleep I'm, on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a bath on that and pretend like this is not a horrible person just because she's like you know helping people not get mugged in the streets or whatever, right? But no, when they made her they made her basically the bad guy and then they actually you know added I don't know if they pull it off or not, but you know that, that would have added pathos because then all of a sudden um, Jessica Jones has got a stopper and whatnot and and it's, I, I guarantee you too it's, it's probably friend, like. Right? It's probably like four episodes of them going back and forth with like, you killed Kilgore. How are you any better than me? Exactly, right? Yeah, and again... And, oh my like, god, she's and right. As, yeah, and as I was reading it, it was a, like, I, I was thinking like, this is good. This is actually, like, this makes sense. This is how it should have gone. I'm glad they did this. But at the same time, I'm like reading it and I'm like, there's no way they pull this off smoothly. Yeah. 13 hours to keep it fresh the entire time. So I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I didn't watch it. And yeah. also, as I'm reading it, there was this B plot. So like the, the like the main plot is Trish Walker and Jessica Jones, right? And apparently there's a B B plot flooded throughout it with uh Malcolm and apparently he he has like some sort of I don't know, like like a, I guess a former prostitute who he's trying to rehabilitate into an actual woman or something like that. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't give a fuck about any of that, right? Like, uh, I was just, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm just, just glad. Just fast I, forward, reclaim four hours right there. Exactly. Just uh, just glad I took a bath on, on Jessica Jones season three. And uh, yeah, that I, I just wanted to mention that I thought it was a great idea. That, it's, that, it's, yeah. I, it's I, the, uh, it's to... the Marvel Netflix uh, yeah. the story writing uh, yeah. crutch where you have side characters doing things for hours 
so yeah. that they, you can eventually build up the motivation for them to do something that drags out the main plot for an additional couple hours also. Yeah, I just <laughs> you know? I, I just wanted to tip my cap to them for making uh, pa- uh, Patsy Walker the, uh, the the villain of season The villain two. that she is. Because she, she was an actual villain so, in season two. So uh, I, I, I wanted to tip my cap of, to them for having the guts to do that and, and not trying to... To, to just gloss, because I, I would have thought that the writing would have been so terrible that they would gloss off. And I, I just wanted to get that off my chest and yep. out into the ether. Um, MCU needs more female villains. <laughs> how many have we had? Uh... Kate Blanchett and... Jesus, is that it? Hella? Hella? Yeah, that's Kate Blanchett, right? Kate uh, yeah, Blanchett? That's, I think that might be it. So it's like, well, I'm staring at the list. Let's, let's do the list right now. Iron Man, no. Incredible Hulk, no. Iron Man 2, no. Thor, no. Captain First Avenger, no. Avengers, no. Iron Man 3, no. Thor the Dark World, no. Winter Soldier, no. Guardians of the Galaxy, no. Uh, Age of Ultron, no. Ant-Man, no. Captain America Civil War, no. Doctor Strange, <laughs> no. Guardians of the Galaxy, no. Um, Homecoming, no. Ragnarok, yes. Yeah. Black Panther, no. Infinity War, no. Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh... Yeah, sort kinda, of. Kind of, sort of, but not really. Yeah, yeah, easily redeemable. <laughs> Shades of Grey, Shades <laughs> of Grey. Captain Marvel, no. <laughs> Although, uh, Avengers Endgame, obviously, no. And Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, no. Although, we are going to get female villains in, uh the Loki series, because I guarantee you they're going to do the Temptress in there. I, I, I would almost guarantee that they do yeah. at least one female villain in uh, Black Widow, too. <laughs> yeah, Black Widow is probably going to be a female villain as well, and Captain Marvel has a litany of, of, of female villains that they could uh, that they can get at. So, yeah, I completely agree, though. We need we need more female villains while we're hitting the uh, this height of MCU villainitude. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'll sign off right now, but uh, we got a little uh, treat for uh, the rest of you uh, at yes. the, to add to the end of this. But I'll I'll just do our little sign off now, and then and then we'll I'll, I'll get Miller to introduce this little end piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll just say that I went to that opening night with my girlfriend and stepdaughter, and my yeah. stepdaughter has a little crush on Tom Holland. So. Oh, how could you not if you're, <laughs> if you're her age, right? It's just it's just natural, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so she's gonna be. We're gonna uh, cut to it after we wrap up here uh, to yeah. a. Uh, eight minute clip of uh of, a, of an 11 year old review <laughs> yeah yeah fun little treat for everybody at, at the end here so uh crossover podcast available at uh, the crossover podcast.com facebook.com slash crossover podcast and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast we're on itunes please rate and subscribe five stars only uh yeah please leave a review as well also five stars only and uh as always you do not have to download or sorry, you do not have to listen. <laughs> Fucked up. Fucked up my own outro. Uh, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. And without further ado, we will go ahead and throw uh, to one of the Utes, one of the many Utes who went and, and saw uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Take care, everybody, and we'll uh, talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Okay, welcome to the Crossover Podcast Supplemental, uh, and as promised in our uh, main review of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, my stepdaughter Aislinn will now give her a few-minute review of the movie. Oh, yay! Uh, I liked the movie, and my favorite part was, like, the end part, with, like, all the fighting scenes and, like... I wasn't sure what was happening because there was so much happening. Like there were so many drones everywhere. When the drones were everywhere, and he yeah. was just swinging through and blowing them up. Yeah, there <laughs> so was many drones. 
That was a lot of drones. It was, and for every, for every time they showed them, it seemed like there was more. Yeah, like, he, like, kills five, then, like, ten more come back. I don't get how that happened. They did seem like they were multiplying at a obscene degree. Well, I think he kept, like, using the glasses to send more in. Fire he, everything. He's like, go, more in, more in. One mm -hmm. dies, he sends ten more in. And, like, the monsters look really realistic. Yeah, <laughs> what did you think about the uh, high school kids? Like, just the, the non-fighting stuff. Non-fighting stuff? Um, It seemed like they were trying to have a vacation, <laughs> but went terribly wrong. Imagine that on your vacation. That would suck. <laughs> it's like my nightmare vacation. That's your nightmare vacation. <laughs> so you just can't escape the natural disasters. <laughs> their, like, their whole vacation was my nightmare vacation. They're walking around doing stuff instead of oh just sitting God, around Oh, God, I've never identified nothing. more with a teacher. <laughs> Walk around, do stuff. A, like, a monster comes up and be like, hey, I'm trying to kill one of your um, classmates. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. Do, do you think Martin Starr retires after that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was fun. He was a lot of fun. Is uh, he like cool. a teacher? Yeah, he was. He was yeah. the teacher with the glasses who was like so nervous the whole time. Yeah, with the beard. Yeah. He said like, um, they said like when they were on their trip, I can't remember where. I was like, we're going home tomorrow, but then they went to a different place. Where did they go again? So I think what happened is when so they were they were their first stop, um, in the Venice. Italy. And then the disaster happened. They're like, okay, well, we're cutting our trip short or whatever. And then I think Nick Fury uh, just hijacked the trip. So like, oh, they're paying for everything. We got a oh, swanky yeah. hotel in Czechoslovakia and, <laughs> yeah, and tickets and to the opera and all like this fancy stuff that there's no way that they could have just afforded. <laughs> yeah, and like there's like this new guy, which I don't know. I haven't seen Endgame, so I don't know. There's like this new guy who's in their class, and he does not. I don't think he likes P Peter, and he like takes a picture of him. Yeah, and then so it, they explained that at the after. beginning because like he was a high school kid, but because he didn't die in the in the Thanos snap, the he aged out five flip. years more. So he was like still technically in high school, but he was like twenty two. He's in the blip. <laughs> the blip, I, they're calling. I it. learned it's called the blip. Yeah, that was that was bad branding. By the way, the blip is confusing to me because yeah. I haven't seen the last. Yeah, it, it makes it sound like it's nothing for something that's pretty. Yeah, very, very. <laughs> just serious. like a news person, these people blipped and now onto this. Like, <laughs> it's like a news report because they don't really care what's happening. To yeah. me, that was like that was like the the young, hip, cool kid version. You know, for the for the kids who are young, hip, and edgy, that was the what they called it. They would be like yeah. hashtag blipped instead of like <laughs> instead of the snap or like or on Instagram like hashtag yeah. blip. Yeah, yeah. hashtag. Blip. You're not old enough to be on here. I blipped. That's why I'm old enough. Exactly. <laughs> this is how. Yeah, but you uh you liked MJ and you liked Ned. Yes, yeah. I liked MJ's attitude. She's I liked her. Chad. Yeah, yeah, she she was good in the uh, she was good in the first movie, and I was happy to see more of her. She is blowing up right now, Zendaya. She's got oh, yeah. Euphoria yeah. showing right now. She's oh man, if he's a chat, I was confused. She's like she's the next it girl as far as uh, as far as oh, the, sure. the, the Ned just is like oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> Ned's just excited to be there. Yeah. Ned, Ned's just like oh my gosh, I'm friends with Spider Man. This is the best ever. And then MJ's like yeah, cool. Like she doesn't really care, but but Ned is so happy. It's the disaffected youths. Yep. <laughs> Damn utes. <laughs> Alright, Az, you got anything more to say about Spider-Man? It is cool, and it, it's a good movie, and I really thought that the like Mysterio was a bad guy before, because you explained, you, I thought you said like he was a bad guy in the comics, is he? he? he he's a bad guy in the comics, but I wasn't sure if they were going to do a different version of him here, because like, yeah. that, all, the, all the trailers were like, oh, he's from a different universe, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe. Well, but they really, want, they really want to make you think that, which is... All it, a lie. I bought into it. 
for a while. I'll, I'll say it. Until I saw him, I was like, oh, well, he's a criminal now. When he's, like, raising the champagne, he's like, hey, here's to these people. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're a criminal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why would you ever know? You're yeah. a criminal. Uh, I, I'll say that, you know. Technology. <laughs> everything went a little too well, a little too fast for old Mysterio. And I had my <laughs> suspicions about a third of the way into that movie. For Tony Stark. I, a lot of cr- all the crying in that movie was about Tony Stark, though. So that's the point. Crying yeah. was happening just about him. Yeah, and, and because it's the last uh, movie of this sort of phase of yeah. the Marvel movies, it kind of makes sense as like a... a Does Spider-Man not come back? No, he'll come back. Oh, it's just that, It's just that they always do Marvel in like sort of chapters, where it's like six movies, mm-hmm. seven Whoa. movies, stuff like Whoa. that. Uh, this was the, this was the third phase. Third phase? What was the first phase? First phase was like the first Iron Man movie, and the first Avengers movie is what ended it. Oh. So like the, the beginning, and then when the team is forming. And now this is basically like the team ending. Yeah, but Spider-Man's the only one. He's like, I'm keeping this team running with Happy. <laughs> Happy doesn't do anything, but he's just, he helps me, but I'm running the team. He makes my suits for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running the team. A little less time, Macula my aunt. Yeah. I was confused. Were they dating or were they not? Because they said at the end, yes, no, no, yes. Yeah, so, so they, they were. Uh, that's complicated. Happy thought it was more uh, serious than it was. Yeah. Apparently, he showed up at her, her office to do volunteer work, which is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Signs, of the, signs of them dating. Mm-hmm. As Peter's on a trip, like, what the heck's happening back home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what is your final grade out of 10? At grade of the ten. Yeah, if you had to give it a, if you had to give it a one out of ten, or a five out of ten, or an eight out of ten, how do you, um, how do you like this movie? One hundred out of ten. One hundred out of ten. Oh, there you go. That's what it's all there about, right not. there. Ten whole movies. You just blew the scale right out of the water. <laughs> it has exploded. Yeah, the average score on the on the, the average score on the crossover podcast is now like <laughs> seventeen out of ten. So. <laughs> Oh, just made a, <laughs> just wrecked the curb. She did. <laughs> I've seen Homecoming, but I yeah. saw this one. This is the first Spider-Man movie that I've seen in theaters. Or any wait, mm-hmm. Marvel, second Marvel movie? No, third, third Marvel movie. I think I've seen in the yeah, theaters. You've seen a few with us. Yeah. Nice. I saw Captain Marvel with you, and I saw Iron Man three once. Yeah. Was that a theater? That wasn't a theater. It's hard to believe that Captain Marvel was only four months ago. <laughs> yeah. I wanted her to appear so badly in this. I was yeah. like, come on, Captain so, Marvel, come. So much come. has happened. Come well, you, she's she so like, powerful, you can't have her just show up in every movie, right? That's that's the thing. She's got to show up when... Every, like, other, ever, other movie. Sorry, I can't say other. Every now. other? Ev- mm-hmm. Other. I can't say other now. Well, the the, the, the youths are into Captain Marvel, and I'm sure we'll see plenty more of her. I'm a youth. Wait, I'm a youth? You're a youth. Yeah, that's why I'm into Captain Marvel, because she's amazing, and also she's a powerful girl who shoots mm-hmm. random stuff out of her hands. Absolutely. I still don't get that done. All right, great. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Miss Aislinn. And uh, time for bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yay. All oh, right. That's that fun as hell. We should do that more often. Thanks for having me. No problem. That was great. We should do that more often. Uh, take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Crossover.